Okay, guys, I am so excited for my next guest for the Love What You Do series, interviewing women that have followed a passion or hobby and turned it into a career. So the next guest, Jack Perez. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you, Julia? Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, I'm so excited because I'm excited to dive into what you're doing. You're redefining midlife for women. And I... I'm 47 now, and apparently, my as my kid says, I'm in my late 40s, which means I'm in midlife. This is like exactly up my up my alley. Yeah, well, yes. I wish I could say that I was still in midlife, but at 56, I would be naive to tell you that I'm at midlife. So it's definitely midlife and beyond, sister, because we're not going anywhere for a really long time. So why not live life large and in bright colors all the way to the very end? I love that. So I'm going to have you read your quote, and then I'm going to go into my quote, and then we'll we'll start getting... I'm just excited to dive into what you're doing. Oh, I am too. My quote is, be the kind of woman who, when your feet hit the floor each morning, the devil says, oh no, she's up. I love that. So my quote is, if one has courage, nothing can dim the light that shines from within. And that's Maya Angelou. And I just love that because it's so true. If you have the courage and you have something that you see that's a little bit bigger out there and you don't let anything dim that light, you're going to achieve it. Welcome to Your Next Stop. This is Juliet Hahn. I am a wife, mom, virtual coach, public speaker, and crazy obsessed dog lover. I am so honored to be able to take you into the life of someone that has followed a passion. Every week, I hope you are as inspired as I am. Welcome to your next stop. So Jack, first of all, I want to find out when you decided to call yourself Jack. It's Jacqueline. My parents gave me a beautiful name. I'm first generation American. My parents came from Cuba. So being of Cuban descent, my parents didn't speak English very well. They gave me a name they couldn't pronounce. It's a French name. J's are pronounced like Y's. So I grew up being called Yaki of all things. Isn't that horrifying? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, but you're no, laughing. That is... You should laugh. I mean, like, who does that to their kid? I'm going to name you something I can't pronounce. Good luck, kid. No, so I grew up being Jackie, but something happened like in college that I thought of myself more as a Jacqueline, especially uh, fresh out of college, became a consultant. I was in a man's world. You know, I was just really trying to fit in. And back then to fit in, we tried to look more like men. We tried to dress more sternly. And I changed. I went by Jacqueline because I wanted to be very professional and it just didn't stick. People just started calling me Jack. And honestly, Having been in mostly a man's world through my corporate life, having the name Jack was really useful and helpful because outside of interactions on the phone or visual interactions, if it was just email, people just assumed I was a man. And I was treated differently. And I'll never forget, I went to Japan to do some business. And when I got out of the elevator opened and my hosts and his colleagues were sitting there waiting for me to come out of the elevator, the first thing out of their mouths was, you're not a man. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> Good observation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. So that is so interesting. I actually love that. But then it also makes me frustrated for you. It's like, well, okay. So because you, you had a name that you could shorten, that you probably got a little bit more respect because people behind it didn't know who you were, you know, and this is very strange and funny that I'm even going to say this, but so my husband's last name is Han. Okay. My last name is Han. And in his world, Han, from what I understand, is also a Korean name. We're spelled H-A-H-N though. It's not H-A-N. And there'd be times where Dan would go into a meeting 
meeting and he's in advertising, so it's not, it's like a very mixed bag. But there's a couple times where people would say, well, where's Dan Hahn? And he's like a blue-eyed Irish-German guy. And he'd be like, I'm Dan Hahn. And they're like, no, you're Asian. And Dan's like, nope. <laughs> I'm, I mean, he's built like a German. He's like, nope, it's me. People just kind of assume you are what you are because of your name. And it really, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't, but we do it all the time. I mean, we use, it's basically short code, right? Because, you know, we've had to learn to use short code or it would take us way too long to process every new piece of information. But sometimes that short code is just wrong. And, you know, we think it's right because we've been using it for a really long time and we've never questioned the short code when it enters our brain. But then we find out, you know, we asked up because that's not really accurate. So yeah, I totally get it. I, I actually had a really funny experience when I started working for corporate America. I went into Hewlett Packard. They recruited me from MBA school from University of Chicago. And several weeks into it, I said something to my hiring manager about being Latina, being Hispanic. And he looked at me, he goes, you're Hispanic? I'm like, yes. He goes, I thought Perez was your husband's last name. I said, shame on you. He goes, wait one second. I have to go to HR. I have to tick off one more box. Oh my <laughs> God. They had off the female box in the HR world, but they hadn't ticked off the, oh, look, we have a Latina now working. And I thought it was so funny, right? It's like, wait one second. I'll be right back. Well, but that's the other thing. You do not look a typical Latina, right? I don't. I don't. But what does a typical Latina look like, right? I, I mean, was just going to say that because I have friends that are Cuban and they're blonde hair and blue eyes. I have cousins who have blonde hair and blue eyes. Yes. Right. <laughs> And again, that is another thing that we do. We just assume, oh, you're of this descent, so this is what you should look like. Again, not right, but it happens. So you kind of had both things, Jack, Jacqueline Perez. So, I mean, I'm sure you have so many stories in your corporate world. I have one, I have one more now because I've gone by Jack. And then what, three years ago, I launched Cool Life, which is a platform dedicated to women. When I have written people emails or tried to connect with other women and I've used Jack, I've gotten a few sort of like creepy responses, like they thought I was a man. And so my email or my interest was so out of context because they thought it was coming from a man. So why would a man care so much about empowering women in midlife? And I realized, oh my God, now the opposite is happening. <laughs> right. The opposite is happening. Now, have you ever thought of going back to Jacqueline? I use them both. I signed everything Jacqueline, parentheses, Jack and parentheses. And I love Jacqueline, but nobody wants to spend that much time on my name. That's a lot of, lot of syllables. I have to say, so I, my three kids, my first is named Monk. Montgomery. I love that name. It's such a strong name. It's actually funny because everyone always thinks we named him after the general, which leads me to my second son, whose name is Truman. And then my daughter is Penelope. And people always are like, oh, you, you must be like very historical in history. And I always chuckle, not that we aren't, but we're more movie buffs. And Montgomery actually is named after a drug dealer. And it's really oh. funny because <laughs> we say... No, he's not after the general. He's after a drug dealer. And they're like, wait, does, what? Did he know he was named after a drug dealer? That's, that's oh, yeah. And then I say, oh, it's not after our drug dealer. And people are like, oh. Uh, whose drug dealer is it? I'm like, okay, it's a Spike Lee movie. It's 25th Hour. It's one of our favorite movies of all time. Edward Norton is the lead and his name is Montgomery Brogan. In the movie, his character was a drug dealer and we just fell in love with the name. I was just like, I just love that name. Monty for short, but we call him Montgomery. It's just a strong name. When you have a strong name like that, people do treat you a little bit different. He now, he like works, he's 15 and he the summer he got a job at a restaurant and it's like one of his favorite stories to tell because people are like, oh, are you named after the general? And he's like, no, a drug dealer, my parents. 
They're like, wait, what? Yeah. My parents named me after a drug dealer. Yeah. They have big aspirations for me. Well, we always say to him, you only have to go up. Where else could you go? I mean, I guess there's a little lower, maybe. I mean, sometimes a drug dealer is an entrepreneur, right? I mean, like, not saying it's right. But, you know, so we always laugh because then our dog is named Doyle, who's in the movie, too. So we're just like big movie buffs. But again, people assume something because of the names. And Truman is not named after the president. We just loved that name as well. I like unique, strong names. My name, Juliet. When I was growing up, there was not many Juliets. And I loved that anywhere I went, I was really the only one. That was something special to me. My husband's Dan, Daniel. He's like, there was always three of us in a class. And he's like, I didn't love that. And I was like, I loved that I was the only one. The only other Juliet I know ended her life very early on. <laughs> totally. Growing up, they would always be like, where's Romeo? And it was always like the big funny. I'd be like, oh, funny. You know, all these old men would always say that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm, I got, sure, I'm, like, I'm sure she's never heard this one before, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> oh, and I usually say that. And I'm like, oh, no, you're so unique. Never heard that. So funny. Okay. So, Jack, so you were in corporate America. You obviously you were successful in corporate America. Tell us what changed with that. So you went to business school also. I did. I did go to business school. It's funny. In my 20s, I feel like that whole decade, all I did was check shit off the list right? Go to school, find a boy, get a career, go back to school, move. Do you know what I mean? I just felt like there was this laundry list of things I was supposed to do. And when I went and got my MBA, I didn't know I wanted an MBA. Just my boss said, listen, your career is going to get stilted if you don't go get your MBA. And I called an old professor. I said, where should I go? And he's like, you should go to University of Chicago. I said, okay, I'll go there. You know, and then I got recruited out of Chicago to go to Hewlett Packard. And I realized though early on that I was probably one of the most disappointing hires that HP ever had out of Chicago. Um, because I would look at my boss and their boss up on the ladder and I'm like, I don't want any of those jobs. Not a one of them. Yeah, just the distance between a decision and the outcome of that decision was not only not a straight line. I mean, it was just like all over the place, right? Because there were so many people that had to be checked with and management by consensus. And I like to make a decision and then see the impact of that decision as quickly as possible. So I left in 1999 and I started my own marketing and PR firm in San Francisco with my husband at the time. Love it. Yeah. And we were working with startups. This was at the height of the dot-com, right? I mean, there was so much venture capital in the Bay Area. And we had such a good time because we were launching businesses from scratch, from the back of, you know, the back of a napkin at a bar. It was exciting. And whatever decisions we made and executed, we saw the impact immediately. Not immediately, but you know what I mean, like in short order. And that's really gratifying to me. So whether I succeed or fail, I kind of want to know it early. Right. Yes. That's one of those things that I am the same way. And people always say, oh, it's because of generations of instant gratification. I've always kind of been like that. I just, I like to know, hey, if this is not going to work, let's let it fall quickly and then let me move on to the next thing. So I love that. So you did that in 1999. Yeah, and that's the last time I worked for anybody. So everyone's like, oh, working from home from the pandemic and it's stressful or how do we do it? I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've been working from home since 1999. The only thing that stressed me out is that now my boyfriend works here and my son goes to school here. And so I don't understand why everyone's in my office all day long. That's the part that that makes me crazy, right? right? I used to have the whole house to myself. And so... So, but, you know, we've figured it out to say everybody else has figured it out. You, you learn to adapt and adjust because if you if you don't adapt, you're going to perish. So you might as well adapt. <laughs> 
so you had that company and then either you sold it or you moved on because then I want you to get into what you're doing now, which is, you know, working with the redefining midlife. Yeah. So I ended up leaving my marriage and in so doing, I left the business and that's just, oh God, don't ever get divorced when you're feeling super guilty. That is a conversation onto its own. <laughs> right. But yeah. Anyway, fast forward, I became a consultant because I wanted to be around for my kid more when he was little. I wanted to be the kind of mom who could read a book in his classroom. I wanted to be the kind of mom who could meet him at the church and walk him the rest of the way home once he got too old for me to ever even come near the school. And so I was a consultant still launching other people's businesses and helping other brands go to market. And then all of a sudden in my early 50s, I realized I was struggling with menopause. I mean, severely. Like I just, my brain wasn't working. I had gained 20 pounds over two years. It was slow, but insidious. And I was starting not to recognize myself. I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, what the hell? And, you know, I would tell people I, I look like a Sharpay puppy, you know, like because you could pick me up by my back fat, you know, just great on a puppy. Not so good on me. So I started to try to find answers. And when I would try to find answers, Juliet, I couldn't really find much out there that was speaking to women in my predicament. So I started being the business person, <laughs> having that business school hat on. I started asking all sorts of my friends and other women you know, how they were feeling, where did they go for information, what were their hacks, where were they getting their information? And I kept getting this resounding, oh my God, we feel so alone. We feel so invisible. We feel so ignored. You know, I look at all the magazines and I can't wear that or I don't look good in that or my hair doesn't do that anymore or, you know, and the more I research, the more I'm like, back the truck up. From a sheer numbers perspective, there are more women in the Gen X and the boomer category than any other category. We own most of the wealth in the world. I mean, trillions of dollars and women make 90% of the purchasing decisions in their home. And, you know, I'm not talking like the soap or the tide over gain. I'm talking like homes and vacations and cars and life-changing decisions that require deep pockets and lots of money exchanging hands, yet we were being ignored. Like, what the hell? I mean, that is a really good point because you're right. I mean, and I've worked with the menopausal woman specifically with the weight gain and it's, okay, let's see, tell me what you're eating. And it's always, they're always eating well, but it's the menopause. It's the menopause that just sneaks up and gets you. And as now that I'm working with them and I am every, I call it the pause every month. I'm like, am I in the pause yet? Am I, is it happening? Oh, nope, I still got my period. Okay, I could still have a baby. And my husband's like, no one's having a baby. I'm like, I know, but it makes me feel better to say I can if I wanted to. But so you're so right. You hear stories but you don't hear a lot of people really talking about it. You know, they, they just kind of deal, right? They just deal with it. Yeah, I couldn't deal with being that. Honestly, the weight gain, and it wasn't, I wasn't unhealthy. I wasn't obese, but that's not how my body is supposed to be. And it wasn't just that. I mean, it was, it was the lack of sleep. It was the brain fog, my, my temperament. I couldn't regulate my emotions very well. Yeah, I just wasn't pleasant. And I didn't, for myself, I wasn't pleasant, much less the people I live with or or friends and family. So it ended up being for me, I ended up going on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. And I know it's not for everyone. I know a lot of women can't do it because of health concerns. But it just so happens that me, the N of one, my sample population of one person, it worked for me. And over since January, the 20 pounds have come off and my muscle mass is coming back because I'm able to lift heavier and heavier because my arthritis it has been abated and actually almost, I think, gone in reverse. So I can lift heavy things again, which helps my bone density and my muscle mass. I'm a believer and it's working for me. And that's great. And I think that's really important what you said, that it's not for everyone. 
But instead of just living in the misery, you got to find what works for you. And I think that in so many different things, not just with menopause, but just so many things in life, if something's not working, change it, find it, research it, talk about it, ask people, don't just sit in the misery of it. So I really love that you're doing that. Stay tuned for a quick message from my sponsor. Hi, my name is Shari Hodes, and I'm the president of Aura Limited, a proud all-women-owned brand marketing and global sourcing agency. Simply put, we provide fashion-forward swag for any and all of your branding needs. Please visit us at www.auralimitedspelledout.com. So tell us a little bit about Cool Life. What are you doing with your company now? So I built a digital online platform that supports us in midlife and beyond through highly meaningful and relevant expert content. I am onboarding another three women in the next two months or four women in the next two months. So I currently have 35 women who are experts, whether it be menopause, empty nest, money, bladder health, holistic medicine, and they provide information that is targeted and relevant to the issues that we face at this time of life because we're in a unique phase of life. We have a gajillion different variables coming at us at once. It's not just the physiological changes. It's family structure changes. If we have kids, they're getting ready to go to college. If our parents, if they're still alive, they're aging and potentially need elder care or they've passed away and we're dealing with the loss of our parents, which can be very, it can can leave us feeling really sad and orphaned. And I mean, there's a lot going on. The biggest number number of women divorcing are women after 50, you know, just that's tumultuous, right? If you've been married 25, 30, 35 years, and all of a sudden you find yourself single again, I am always looking for women who have deep domain experience and expertise in topics that we women care about. And I encourage them to come be part of the Cool Life community and write for us. And so that's what I've been doing. I just so happen to also come across a lot of women entrepreneurs, because that's a huge thing too, Juliet, that women after 50 are starting businesses left and right. The best way I could think of to support those women was to establish a curated shopping experience in addition to the content, because, you know, we all like to shop. And I know as I've gotten older, I like to shop in a more meaningful way. So this allows me and other women to go in there and purchase with a purpose, because if you buy something, you're buying something that's unique or handmade, and you're also empowering a woman-owned business, a woman-driven brand. And that's really important to me. I wanted to bring all that together in one arena. And that's what I did. And when did you start Cool Life? The idea came to me in 2017. I launched the first piece of it, so 1.0, on February 14th, 2018. So three years ago, this this past Valentine's Day, that was my gift of love and respect for women was, you know, my Valentine to women was, here, I'm going to build the site for us. And at the beginning, it had no shop. It had no e-commerce. It was yours truly was writing everything. I wrote everything at the time, so you can only imagine. It was pretty sparse. It was skeleton-y. But look at us now three years later, right? But as you were saying, yeah, you've got to start, just start, just take a step, just move forward. And that's the thing. And that's what I love about it. And that's why I love having women like you on talking about this because there are so many women out there that have ideas and that don't know what to do. So it's funny that you just said that. So I am starting a new online platform for the woman that is kind of just stuck in her life. It doesn't matter how much money she has. It doesn't matter where she is, but she doesn't know what to do, how to get unstuck. It is she has these ideas, but she in her head thinks, well, who cares? Why is anyone going to care what I think? Or my husband makes the money. So it really doesn't matter. I don't want to like, it's kind of like, 
a joke that I have this idea or this product that I want to do or this book I want to write or a podcast that I want to launch. And I want them to hear women like yourself, women like myself. I decided I want to do a podcast. I didn't know what to do. I Googled it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to find someone. Oh, wait, I think I have a relative that does websites. Let me go reach out to them. I did it all backwards. I didn't know. I mean, I was in my closet, which I still am because that is the best sound place, which I probably will until we build something bigger downstairs for me. But right now this works. And I just did it because I said I was going to do it. One of the reasons I said, I told my children and they're like, what do you mean? And I was like, I'm starting a podcast. And they're like, oh, they're like, you're going to be on Apple. Yep. I'm going to be all over the place because I have something to say. I want people to hear my story because I know I can make them laugh. I know I can take them out of their crazy life and just feel normal for one second. And then it's bloomed into this where now I'm doing the Love What You Do series and I'm meeting women like you through Clubhouse, which I mean, as my listeners listen, they're going to be like, oh, another woman that she met on Clubhouse. But and that was through actually, we didn't even meet on Clubhouse. We have a mutual friend or a mutual Clubhouse person that put us together, right? Wasn't it Nina? Oh, that's right. It was Nina who suggested that we meet each other. Yes. Yeah. And she's a guest. Her, Her episode will be out before yours. It's things like that. I didn't know what I was doing, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I had something that I wanted to share. And I know even if I'm helping one, two, three women, who cares? I'm helping three women change their lives, which is in turn changing the lives of their children if they have children, changing the lives of their husband if they have a husband, changing the lives of people around them because they are feeling better about themselves and they're just doing it. So I love what you're doing, Jack. And as you said, in the beginning, it was something that it's not now, but it grew because your passion, your love for what you're doing just kept growing. And I wish I could tell you that it was a straight line up to the right, but it wasn't. I mean, at the beginning, I tried a bunch of different stuff. You know, it was like throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what would stick. And I I tried a bunch of stuff that didn't work. I'm like, okay, well, that didn't go over well. Okay, well, that didn't go over well. And it's, it's funny that you just mentioned Clubhouse because I started in Clubhouse at the beginning of January and I and I laugh because it's what, middle of February. So I'm a Clubhouse veteran, right? If you, I mean, it's like a day in Clubhouse is like seven dog years or whatever. I mean, it's just crazy. And I started a room Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I started it five weeks ago. I'm, this is my sixth week. And every day, Monday through Friday from three to four, it's called Second Act Sisters, Share, Learn, Play. And I have a co-moderator and we have a prompt. And we just get into that room for an hour. I do my level best to be a good steward of everyone's time. I start on time and end on time. I'm not always hugely successful. Sometimes it's a few minutes after, but and we just talk. And I wish I could tell you that I'm doing it for them, but I'm going to be totally honest. It's completely selfish. It is an hour of group therapy. It's like I get into a room with a bunch of smart, wise, empowering, and giving women. And no matter what the topic is, I get an aha moment. There are connections made. And I leave it for with a huge skip in my step and a smile. It, three o'clock usually is a terrible time for me. I have really low energy. This makes it so that I'm like pumped. I get so pumped as soon as I see all of these women walk in the room and we just start the conversation. And it's, it's a safe space. And women really share. And what's great is like, you don't know who in that room really needs to hear what you have to say. Right. I love that. And I'm actually honored to be helping you my moderate it this Friday. Yes, this Friday. 
Yay! This episode will be out later. But yes, so I am doing that, which is exciting and which is fun. And I'm honored that you asked. And I think it is such an important thing, though. And that is one of the things I do love about Clubhouse because the connections that I'm making in there, as you said, are meaningful, but just really smart, brilliant women and men. There's men in there that I've met that are really, I mean, interesting with the whole podcast world and stuff like that. And um, it's just an awesome app. And I'm pumped and excited about it. As you said, like I have only been in there a month and I've already connected probably with over 30 women that are going to be on this podcast. And that excites me because my listeners are going to be inspired every week. And now I'm actually doing two a week because I have so much content. So twice a week, they can listen to another story of how a woman decided, you know what, I'm going to follow my passion or follow a hobby and make it into a career. And I just want them to know that they can do it. Jack, I just have to say thank you so much. Can you give us your um, social media, where people can find you, what your website is, your email, or however people can contact you? Yeah, happy to. So the platform is Cool Life, but it's spelled all cattywampus. It's K-U-E-L-L-I-F-E.com. And you can reach me, I mean, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. It's just Cool Life, and I'm everywhere. You can send me an email through the site. And the other thing is, if you are interested in coming to one of the rooms on Clubhouse, you can see the Clubhouse schedule at secondactsisters.com. Club or on the Cool Life platform under community, you'll see a Second Act Sisters schedule for Clubhouse. And so you can see who's going to be speaking, what the topics are. It allows you then to save it onto your calendar with the link so that you don't forget. If there's a particular hour that you want to participate in, it just gives you a little bit of a heads up. So that's available as well if you want to join us in our 3 p.m. room. And I'm sure you're, you put a club request in there for that club, correct? I did, but I did it weeks ago. I don't know what is taking. I've done it now because I'm so impatient. I've done it now probably too many times that they're like, okay, you're not up. So, Jack, I just have to say thank you so much for joining me and sharing your story. Guys, if you love what you hear, please share, please subscribe, please rate, and please send to your friends. Definitely go look Jack up so you can see what she is doing. Even if you're not in midlife, guess what? You're going to be in midlife at some point of your life. So keep it in your back pocket. I'm sure you have an aunt, a cousin, a sister, someone that is in midlife, and this is definitely going to help you. So thank you again, Jack, so much. And we'll see you guys next week with the next Love What You Do series, Women That Are Inspiring doing their passion and have turned it into a career. Thank you, Jack. Thank you, Juliet. It was so much fun. I hope you liked this episode of Your Next Stop. Please subscribe to my channel, share with your friends, and join in each week. 